Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the only podcast here in our fair city that covers our schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. As always, this show is hosted by the 562. It's part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about some great playoff memories. I am JJ Fiddler. He's Mike Artabasio. He's Tyler Hendrickson. Mike, tell them a little about the education stuff we got going at the Post right now. Oh, all kinds of thrilling education stuff. That's what we love talking about during semifinal and championship basketball week. Um, we've got uh, coverage of board meetings. We've got updates on mask mandates. Uh, the update is that there's no update yet, but there probably will be one next week. And uh, we've also got coverage of the protracted union dispute between the Long Beach chapter of the California School Employees Association and the Long Beach Unified School District, which are spending the week in state-mediated fact-finding. All the excitement you could possibly want from education coverage at lbpost.com. That good old SMFF. I'm Tyler Hendrickson, uh, reminding you that the 562.org is a local nonprofit media outlet. And guys, I don't have to tell you how hard we've all been working over these past few weeks, uh, bringing these winter playoffs, but also getting ready for the spring season coming up. Um, we have our baseball and softball previews that recently dropped. Those are doing great numbers online right now. We're excited to transition to the diamond sports and the other spring sports. We also have lacrosse previews up. We've got golf and tennis and boys volleyball coming. Uh, we're excited about all that, but we are certainly in the throes of the playoffs right now. And the best way that you can support the work that we've been doing and will continue to do is to head to the website, become a subscriber. We have a support tab right on the website that gives you a bunch of options for how you can pitch in and support the work that we do at the 562. And a big way that we get supported is from our sponsors. And of course, we got to thank up top Naples Rib Company, longtime sponsors of everything that we do at the 562. Thank you to Naples Rib Co for their continued support. And if you're looking for a night out, you, you don't feel like cooking, you want to treat the family to a great meal, head down to Naples Rib Company, best barbecue in the city, and let them know that the 562.org sent you down there and you appreciate their sponsorship and support of local sports. Tyler, before we uh, get into the show, we got to shout out one of our most recent sponsors, just so that everybody knows we don't just do website-wide sponsorships. We also do sport, team, and school-specific sponsorships, like your number six ranked Long Beach State Dirtbags. Absolutely. The bags are hot and uh, our coverage is going to be even hotter, if I do say so myself, throughout this season. Uh, excited for opening weekends um, at Bull Diamond at Blair Field against Sac State. But you're right, JJ, that coverage has been sponsored by P2S Inc., um, a local um, engineering firm here in Long Beach. Uh, they got a bunch of locations along the West Coast, but based in Long Beach. So great um, local business for us to partner with. And so we thank them for their support of our Dirtbags baseball coverage. We're looking forward to a fun year. And, you know, th these sponsorships will really allow us to, to hire more freelancers and photographers. You know, the coverage that we produce, uh, it may be presented uh, free of charge, but it is not um, it is not created at no cost. And so, you know, we wanna thank all of our sponsors, including, you know, Bryson and Aqualand for sponsoring cross country and water polo uh, respectively. We'll have more uh, sponsorship announcements coming up very soon. Um, if you're interested, if you've got a business or you yourself want to see, hey, I love this particular sport. I'd love to contribute to seeing more coverage. Uh, send us an email. <laughs> They're all very easy. I'm Tyler at the 562.org. 
um, and Mike and JJ, respectively. Those are pretty easy names to spell. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, send us an email, get involved. Uh, that's the best way for us to continue to grow our coverage and make sure every team and every kid has their story told um, here in Long Beach. That's what we're passionate about. And uh, we appreciate the support from P2S and others to help make that happen. And JJ, I mean, what did we learn? Let's quickly, we got to talk dirtbags. They're number six. I know we got other things to get to in the show, but I mean, can we put that win into context? The, that series win at Mississippi State, the defending national champions, a top five team, SEC school. I mean, that's such a statement win so early in the season. If that's Arizona or Arizona State or a school on the West Coast that's the defending national champion that the Long Beach State goes on the road to beat, I don't think it's as big a deal as going to the Deep South with all, the, with all that comes with that, the, you know, underrated West Coast baseball style going to the South. And there were a couple like Chase Luttrell's hustle double in, uh, on Friday. You and I and, and Mike were watching it together. And we were like, they just don't do that. Mississippi State just doesn't do that. They show up to swing the bat and the dirtbags show up there to play baseball. And they showed them how and they did it in dominant fashion. So I think the context of the game is like, that's like, that's like going to the backyard of the place where they do the thing and doing it better than them. So I think that yeah. as, I, as I tweeted on Friday, they bags now have the nation's attention. You can be in the top 25. That's fine. There are certain uh, like people who uh, vote for that stuff that just do it by region. So if you're in a certain region, you get ranked or whatever. Um, but when you go to uh, Starkville and you take two out of three from the defending national champions in their own backyard, now everybody who covers baseball in America knows the Long Beach State Dirtbags, knows how good they can be. And knows they got to pay attention to them. And that I think that in itself is bigger than, let's say, just two wins or, or starting the season with a victory over a number three team ranked. Well, and, and if I'm a pitching coach in the SEC, I'm, I'm working with my guys on throwing more changeups. I'll tell you that because those good point. It's as if they'd never seen one before in many cases. And credit to the guys. I mean, obviously, uh, Luis Ramirez, um, his changeup was filthy. He was one of our athletes of the week and Big West pitcher of the week um, for his performance at, at it's, it's the way they dominated the first two games, too. I mean, it was a one-hitter shutout in the opener, and then you come back and drop, was it 13 runs yep. in game two, 13-3? I mean, so it just did everything right. I, I'm trying to find a comparison to a different sport. It feels like as if, hypothetically, week one of the college football season, like San Jose State or San Diego State, goes to Georgia and beats Georgia. That's, <laughs> a, good, that's a good one. They're up like 21 like time and then hold on to win and it's just like wow that is a statement win and there's clearly no no fake in the funk you know everyone or like knows. when uh yeah. long beach statements basketball went to hawaii to play in whatever the diamond head thing whatever that is in like 2012 casper and larry and them were doing it and they beat i think it was xavier in that mm -hmm. tournament and it was that win later on down the road where they were like, how high can this team get ranked in the tournament if they win the conference and win the conference tournament? And they were talking about like that win at Pittsburgh and the win against Xavier. And it's like, oh, it's not a surprise that the wins against the ranked teams from the East Coast got the West Coast team noticed. That's, that, that happens a lot. Well, and I think it's even more important because these the non-conference baseball schedule is so important when you're trying to get that at-large bid. And in the Big West Conference, that can be important because there's a number of really good teams. You know, it's, it's a very competitive conference, you know, with Fullerton and Irvine and Cal Poly and Santa Barbara. So for the Dirtbags to get such a marquee non-conference series win under their belt so early, you have fewer of those opportunities because of the expansion of the conference. So yep. you have fewer opportunities 
to A, get those teams on your schedule, and then B, you actually have to follow through and win the series. And for for the Dirtbags to win both series against Mississippi State, one in Long Beach and one in Starkville, I mean, that's a that's a flag planting moment yes. for <laughs> for the you know it's a recruitable modern... moment. It's a recruitable moment for sure. And this is not a coaching staff that's had issues recruiting kids. So also also very true. Yeah. So the last time they beat a ranked team to open the season was in 2008 when they beat Rice and they were ranked like number six or number seven or something like that. 2008 Long Beach state went on to host an NCAA regional at Bull Diamond at Blair field. So hoping that the same start to this season can end the same way where the boys are at home. Uh, in the postseason, which kind of takes us into what we're talking about today, the postseason. All of us were at CIF Boys Basketball Semifinals last night. Polly, Milliken, and St. Anthony. Jack Rabbits were the only ones to advance, but we all got some great atmospheres in the little gyms that kind of reminded us how much fun these playoff runs can be. And that's our theme of this week, just talking a little bit about some of the great playoff runs we saw. I mean, you, you could say that Long Beach State men's basketball team from 2012, that, that was a pretty fun playoff run. Um, Long Beach Nation just packing Honda Center for that Big West Conference Tournament Championship game against UC Santa Barbara. Um, but, but more specifically on the high school end, you know, th- those basketball tournaments are, are some of the best basketball, right? High school basketball playoffs are just played on a knife's edge and there's so much energy in the gym and the student sections always show out. It's just, it's just what you want from playoffs. Most of the time comes from high school playoff basketball. Yeah. And before we get into sort of looking back, I just want to take a moment to shout out both the poly boys and girls basketball teams getting to the semifinals. Uh, We're recording this Wednesday morning. The poly boys team has punched their ticket to the championship game. Uh, Polly girls, hopefully we're going to go see him do that this evening, but um, you know, we've covered, there's a lot of blue blood sports programs in Long Beach at the high school level. We, we talk about this frequently on this podcast, but you know, we know who the elite baseball teams are and Wilson aquatics and, uh, and obviously there's several of those programs at Polly, but the consistency of, I think we on average have seen uh a poly basketball team in the championship every two years for our entire time we've spent covering sports in Long Beach, which is coming up on 15 years now. And these are not, as we often point out when we're talking about our inner city schools, these are not like highly funded programs that are just rolling in recruits and everything's so easy for them. That poly team rode a yellow school bus uh, that did not go the right direction. Uh, <laughs> when it went to Foothill last night. Um, And, you know, typically uh, they've been road warriors. They're playing in at schools with nicer gyms, with more money than them. Um, And the coaching and the passion that those kids clearly have uh, is just really incredible. Um, And I I think we just could never say enough about it. Um, I've gotten the the real um, privilege to ride kind of shotgun with uh, Shelton Diggs and Sharif Matoyer before him uh, to a lot of these playoff games and uh, to Carl Bugs on the girls' side. And I've seen how detailed their um, defensive game plans are. I've seen how customized their offensive game plans are. I, I love basketball. I cover a lot of basketball. Uh, it's college-level preparation for a lot of these playoff games. And I think there's a reason why, you know, that poly team has been down at halftime a couple of times in the playoffs um, and they've come back and won it, you know, each time it's just been very impressive. And 
I, I never want to let an accomplishment like that go by without us kind of celebrating that, that consistency of seeing both of them in the semifinals again is, uh, is, is pretty incredible to me. Well, and I, I think it speaks to the consistency, the expectations and the consistency of expectations, if that makes sense. I think for the poly on the boys side, you mentioned um, Shelton Diggs, Sharif Matoyer, and obviously all coming from that Ron Palmer coaching tree, you know, and just having that kind of legacy and them setting a culture for the program and having an expectation. If you're playing varsity basketball at Long Beach Poly, the expectation is you're playing for championships. And that's been true during the Carl and Lakeisha Bugs era uh, on the girls' side as well. And I think people know that it's like, if they decide that they're going to play basketball for Poly, that's the expectation. And so there's, like you said, Mike, there's a lot of programs in the city that are those tried and true blue blood programs that have those championship expectations at various schools, but Poly certainly has it on the hardwood and it's certainly been a, a prolific run and it's continuing, you know, (laughs) obviously both teams are still alive as we record this. Um, Do you have a, a particular Poly basketball run that sticks out, Mike, that, that is one of your, um, you know, more memorable postseason runs, or are you taking it to a different sport? I'll start with a different sport, and maybe we'll work back to basketball. JJ's so right, though. These the, uh, these crowds for me have really been like medicine for the soul because we just we you know because of the um, capacity restrictions that have been in place, we just have not had these for like three years. You know, <laughs> to well, see and and I think I think the best thing about crowds. basketball. I think the best thing about basketball, right, is you can get close. The crowd is closest to the action. And and so the student sections are usually like, you know, pretty well organized at some of these places. You know, I remember when we were covering Los Alamitos, they had a very organized uh, full student section. You know, they all dress the same and everything, but they can be right on the action. You know, at a football game, there's always like a track or a sideline in between. At baseball, they're detached. Teams are in the dugouts. But is you are chirping with players. You can high five your own team. You know what I mean? There's that sort of controlled chaos of like, what if these people just decided to run forward at the same time? It would be total anarchy. I don't want that to happen. But it does happen. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think basketball and especially also because it's contained, it's indoors. So everything's louder. I think that is what makes it the best playoff atmosphere. Do you guys agree with that? Like a basketball game? There's nothing quite like an away gym, student section rocking, crowd going crazy, uh, that that for me is just the best atmosphere. Am I uh, wrong on that? Absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely. It's a fine line though, and I feel like the atmosphere created by the, in the in the best case scenario, the atmosphere created by the student section or the home crowd matches the personality of the team. Those uh those Chris Francis led Millican Rams teams, they needed splash zone because splash zone was brash. They, they loved the up and down. They wanted chaos. They wanted it to look like those old VCU basketball teams. And then splashing. They literally wanted you to shoot threes. So it worked perfectly. That was symbiotic. You know what I mean? So you want that same attitude. If you're, if you're a team that runs the motion offense, you're probably not going to want a student section that's like bouncing up and down and, 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 and increasingly energetic <laughs> when you get into the open floor. But if you want to get in the open floor, you want that. Like last night, Milliken needed some fight. And if I'm being honest, I think a lot of that fight that they found in the third quarter, obviously their, their comeback fell short, but that th- fight they found in the third quarter came from the student section who was and I'll be honest with you, a little bit mean sometimes, <laughs> but that's fine. You want to create an atmosphere that makes your opponent play below their level. That's what home court advantage is. So like your, your, your school, your students, your team, you have to find that balance. Everybody's different. 
I, I, I think you can also very much notice uh, when a team doesn't have support all the time and then they make a deep playoff run and you go there and the student section's like kind of disjointed and you're like, oh, right, right, right. Because you haven't done this before. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Places like Poly, when people come to Poly, that gym feels like they've done it before. And I think that's a huge advantage for 16, 17, 18 year old basketball players to uh, get their emotions in check and, and be able to perform in the clutch. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I uh, couldn't agree with that more. Um, so favorite playoff runs, and you're saying in any sport, Jage? Oh, wait, before we go anywhere, I do have to say this, and I wanted to make sure to do it towards the top. Big, big, big shouts to our photographers. Stephen Dockman, Joseph Kling, Art O'Neill, John Napolon. These guys are just, it's gold, you guys. Go to the website right now, click on those photo galleries. Art O'Neill with the baseline on the ground camera, there is a shot of Gabe Cummings making a three, I'm sure, because I don't remember him losing one. It's the game one. winner. You're talking about the it's one that's on the front page. You it's can the see the, cr- the poly crowd all has their hands in the air with the threes. You know what I mean? The, the bench is already up. The ball is barely off his hand, and people are like, well, that's wet. That is yeah. absolutely wet. It, hey, looks like I, something, it looks like something that should be hanging in the office of a 45-year-old real estate agent who's like, you know, <laughs> this one time I was freaking wet in the semis. You have no idea. That's the uh, Polk High uh, Al Bundy five <laughs> touchdown game, but we have, yeah, it was it was Gabe's com- Gabe Cummings five touchdown game, but we have every angle covered. And uh, as someone who was holding a camera during that shot, I also knew that was going to be wet as soon as it left his hand. <laughs> Way to keep your stuff together, Tyler. Way to no. keep it in frame. <laughs> but but yes, absolutely. Full credit to all of our photographers. They do amazing work. It is provided at no charge, which is nuts. Uh, you know, so definitely hit the website. Got to give a shout out to them for the tremendous work that they do. And even if you don't like us, if you like the photographers, you can subscribe and that will give them more work. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, tough, yeah. tough, tough podcast decision on your part, though, because we do not have any photographers on today. So uh. not today. Well, yeah, we should have them on. That, that would be fun. Talk a little bit of nerdy camera stuff. You know, I'm always down to do that. Um, but my- <laughs> can, I, can I suggest that we switch up the favorite playoff thing and maybe can we go sort of somewhat briefly, but can we go like school by school? Because I think that's more that's more so how I think of it than chronologically. Does that well, make sense? If that's if that's the case, then I'm, I would I would uh, go over top your poly basketball and say poly football 2012 is maybe the well, best playoff let's, run let's, I've ever experienced in my life. Both playing, watching, hearing about like that was magic. Yeah, and uh, I I was uh, heavily leveraged with that team. Um, I went to every literally every single practice of that postseason from the day that the brackets came out. Um, I think you guys remember, I mean, they let me sit in on the film sessions and the game planning, which is, you know, we have a really high level of access to the teams we cover, but that was really unusual um, to actually get to sit in there. And like, I literally knew what the blocking calls were for like the, what they were putting in for the run game each week. Um, to go Mission Viejo, Bosco, Modern Day, you know, we've talked about that team a lot, but that was pretty special. And I also just remember um, it was just such a fun team. I mean, there were so many fun guys on, on that team. Uh, so that, that definitely was magic. Um, well, hold on. You, you, yeah. you left out the, the, the front part. They yeah. lost 56 to nothing. <laughs> that's yeah, that's and not, then that's one kind of made it, division. Kind of made it a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I'll, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you, actually, that was not in the playoffs like story-wise obviously we put that in that you know you win a championship after the 56 to zero but at no point like during the bosco game during the fog bowl 
was I thinking about the 56 to zero loss? It was also just, I, I, I was, was so thinking about them the starting one and three. Round. Yeah, that's no, totally fair. Totally, totally fair. But I, I, you know, it, it's just, I think the more time you spend with the team, the more you understand how true for good, for great coaches, how true some of those coaching cliches really are. Right. Um, I've gotten to sort of embed myself with the Long Beach State men's volleyball team. Alan Knight says a lot of coaching cliches. They're not, they're, it's not lip service. He really is one play in practice at a time, right? And when you're with the team and, and you're, you can actually kind of fall into that mindset a little bit of forgetting, oh, they're number one. Oh, this legacy is on the line. Oh, this rivalry or whatever. And you kind of like get into the Zen of that, you know, moment by moment focus or whatever. But um, so for me, I need to go school by school because if you say like just poly playoff runs, I think I've covered 30 something poly CIF championships. So it's it, it, quite a lot of runs. Cabrillo to me, that boys soccer team is one of the most special playoff runs we've ever covered because they had the heartbreak of that loss in the championship yep. that felt like it was the moment, right? Like we yep. felt the magic of that team that that was going to be the school's first CIF championship. The and biggest, then, the um, biggest crowd in Cabrillo history. By so big of a margin. <laughs> You know, and and for them to get that that state the uh, state SoCal championship, I mean that was that was up there uh, for me. But then you go to Compton, and that Compton boys basketball championship was so special. Like every yeah. like people FaceTiming Demar like from the court after winning the championship. Like <laughs> no, I got I want to I want to shout out both. I actually looked. I had both of those championships on my list actually, just because of how unique it was for Cabrillo to win a championship is their first championship for a, a young school trying to break into a pretty tough uh, athletic environment, uh, some pretty deep rooted programs in Long Beach. And for them to win that state championship was awesome uh, in 2019. And then Mike, you mentioned it at, at Honda center in 2015 Compton winning that championship. And just for Tony Thomas to get over the hump, you know, their first championship since 1969. Their first Maxine championship Kemp. since his dad had his dad won the yes. previous championship, who the gym is named after. Right. And and to have that group and to have Maxine Kemp um out on the court celebrating that championship um is just a really special memory for me. Um and that group was uh <laughs> was just a really fun, great team with uh some some strong ties to Compton and so uh that's definitely a memorable championship run for me they, they knew where the camera was that that group knew where the camera was at all you time. dropped that line they in the did. video you dropped that line in the video it's true because it's you true know where the yeah. camera is. I want to know, know JJ talking about Jordan I want to know if this year's football team supplanted that boys soccer run from uh 10 years or so I, I, I was just about to say that and it wasn't 10 years ago it was actually it was actually more recent than that that boys soccer run uh because I don't think that winning a championship everything that happened before the pandemic was 10 years ago fair enough that's just fair how enough. I'm reckoning time now <laughs> I don't think you have to win a championship to have it be a good playoff run. That, boys, that Jordan boys soccer team made the final and lost in heartbreaking fashion. If I, if I do say so, uh, but, but watching and, and, and supporting and loving that and covering that Jordan team, that Jordan era was like being a young sports writer in Detroit when the bad boys were playing the, the, the bulls and stuff. Like they just got under people's skin they got under our skin. I know. And it I was mean- <laughs> and it was so much fun because it was so different from everything that I re- that I really enjoyed that obviously recency bias uh, that that football run was was absolutely magical and uh 
proof of stuff that Mike, you and I were talking about when we were podcasting in 2007. The rest of this Moore League does not belong in Division One. Let's see what else can happen if they get out of there. And they finally do. And, and you get moments like that for Jordan and for Compton and for St. Anthony. So, like, yeah, the, those – I don't think you have to win a championship to make it, to make it uh, on this list. But I will say that there are championship games – that get left in the, by the wayside when your semifinal is so freaking litty. And that is also the case in a lot of other soccer runs, like the Millican boys soccer run in 2012, where, uh, where they go to Loyola, they fall behind, they come back to tie it. Uh, they win in PKs. It's absolutely emotional and amazing and everything you would want from, uh, from playoff soccer. And then they go to the championship. They get legendary coach Rod Pekovic, his 500th victory in the championship game. By scoring a record seven goals, they won that game seven to two. Quite an exclamation point to put on that uh, to put on that season for the Rams. I, I really enjoyed that one as well because when you have a moment like that at Loyola, it does feel like you against the world, and that's the best feeling to have when you're in the playoffs. No, that's a that's a great one. I gotta shout out the recent Millican baseball championship as well. I mean, obviously I'm a little, uh, that's your favorite. Uh, it's, Millican one, it's, I would it's, it's recency bias, but I think also just going on the road with that team and having those first three games be on the road and how kind of impressively they, they won those games. And just overall, I mean, what did they only allow three runs all postseason? Yeah. That's nuts. And then I also think post pandemic, it was a really healing championship and even though i couldn't uh, famously couldn't be at the championship game uh, having healing. that be because of the healing well, i was unfortunately doing a lot of healing during the game uh but uh yeah i was um knowing that you know it, it could be in long beach those last two games uh at bull diamond at blair fields uh it was really special you know having dan peters in the dugout for that as well you know that that previous cif championship winning coach at millican it really sort of forged those past and present together um, and really strengthen that community, the Millican baseball and really just the Millican community overall. So I think that was definitely a, a special run. And for a team that wasn't really sure if they were going to make the playoffs because of how crazy the more league regular season was and feeling like, you know, they left some meat on the bone during the regular season to then prove it out in the, in the postseason. It was um, yeah, that was a, that was a great run and a great group and some really quality baseball in that, in that stretch. And I'm glad we have videos of every game. Also, I, 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 I actually also, a, hold on. Yeah. Miles Patton, just a good hang, dude. Saw yeah. that guy last night at the Millican baseball game, basketball game. Yeah. So glad he's going to come to Long Beach state. We just get to hang out with that guy more. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Great. Good night. Um, I'm going to go with the third Millican team uh, because I was the one who's uh, doing some of the coverage for that Millican girls basketball team that won a championship. Oh um, my you know, God. Basketball is that... special for all the reasons that we mentioned, but that's, that's one where you want to talk about a coach who waited for it. You know, Lorene Morgan, I mean, like might be the longest tenured coach in more league history to win a first championship. You know what I mean? Like most coaches who've been in the league, as long as Lorena have won multiple CIF championships, she's had a great team for like 30 years. And then finally under the new format, you know, was not in that top division and got to win the division one championship. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was like, talk about emotion pouring out of someone. That was awesome. That plaque, per, <laughs> that plaque presentation, when they go out to get their, their patches and the plaque and the whole thing, their celebration after that game to this day, I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike. To this day, that was one of the moments in my life where I was like, I'll pay you to do this job. 
I you said that you said you're literally like <laughs> quoting yourself from after these games. That's incredible. What, I'm just, what an incredible recall. <laughs> I'm just so happy for these people, and they have no shame in showing how happy they are. That was whoop, yeah. I'm getting pumped up just thinking about it. Well, this is why I had to go school by school because it's if I'm trying to go chronologically, like I don't remember what happened between 2010 and 2020. But school well, when by it, school, it's like I remember because I look at I'm sort of in a meditative way when we're covering the playoffs, I'll look at the banners in schools, like in the gym and sort of think about like, cause it's weird now for us, you go to Polly and Wilson uh, and Milliken, you look up on the walls and you're like, we covered a pretty good chunk of these, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the numbers that you see up there. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, well, Lakewood had theirs right before we started their girls volleyball run where they won state and were just basically the best volleyball team in the nation. That was right before we started working. So I think if you were going to go to Lakewood, you would have to say the football runs coach Thad McNeil quarterback, Jesse Scroggins. Uh, they lost to Polly in that semifinal. That was one of the first big games Mike and I covered together. And once again, even if you don't win the championship, I still feel like you can, you know, have a run. I feel like those back-to-back semifinal appearances uh, by that football program in the Pac-5, the soon-to-be Division One Pac-5, has to be on the list. Well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna echo what you said on you don't have to win a championship to be on there. The Lakewood girls volleyball team to me is like probably a Mount Rushmore team to travel with. Every time I travel with them, it's so much fun. There's such a great spirit among those head coaches or among uh, head coach Mike Wadley and the rest of his staff. And then that team has really adopted Wads' personality over the last 15 years that we've been yes. covering them. They're, they love going on the road. They love talking a little bit of shit. You know, there's, there's just a, such a great fight in them. He always sets it up. And I love coaches who do this to where he understands, hey, this is a big deal that we're going on the road. And but this is also a fun life experience for these kids. And a lot of these kids are not, you know, on elite clubs. They don't get to do a lot of travel. So I remember I covered a game of theirs where they went and played laser tag before the playoff game, you know, and, and the kids, they were so loose. They were so free. They played so well that night. Um, so that team's right up there with me, even though, as you said, you know, it's like I've covered so many playoff games of theirs uh, and they've never quite gotten over the hump as far as the championship. When, when I want to give them. With like us, I said, with we missed that by months, yes. Mike. Yes, we missed that Sadie by months. Yeah, Wads has reminded me of that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like, let us miss your He's like, if it was Polly, you would have launched your website three months earlier. <laughs> Hey, Talk to Wilson Water Polo about it, bro. <laughs> yeah, don't don't let us miss your next championship. Become a subscriber today. Um, That's right. So, uh, one that I wanted to shout out for Lakewood as well is 2013 softball that made a run all the way to the championship game. That was the team that had Janelle Hayes, Jesse Scroggins, the homie Tyler Burke. Uh, that, that was just a really fun team. Um, they were super successful in the Moore League. That Division One uh, softball bracket is a freaking juggernaut um they did have i remember going to the chino hills game out at big league dreams i, I knew that, yeah that, 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 was was that was a really fun that was a really fun day yes so I, I think that team just had a certain swagger and energy and unfortunately they lost to chino which was like number one crazy in the stacked yeah, yeah. yeah top team in the country so everybody was running to those chino back then <laughs> Yeah, no, they won yeah. like 90 and one over three years or something ludicrous. Right. Totally I think they ludicrous. beat Oklahoma probably or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think uh that's definitely one to shout out. Wish that we could have seen that group um win some hardware, but um they did get the runner-up plaque, which is some hardware. So uh gotta shout out the the homies from that team because that was that was a great group in 2013. 
that was, and it, you totally just unlocked this for me. I mean, I can't believe we almost went without talking about the Lakewood baseball team. Um, this was not a run. It was a game, but it has to be met, be mentioned. A lot of our best memories are on the road just because I feel like anytime you remove yourself from your normal circumstances, it, it just, it's the picture in your brain's a little clearer. You know what I mean? Um, the home playoff game, the win over Edison and Henry Owens for the Lakewood baseball team has got to be right up there. But I've had several games like that with the Lakewood baseball team where there was one game I covered that was a first round game where they fell behind like 6-0 and then they won like 13-6. to It was just like there were just two innings where they just were like Spud was just screaming everybody hits after every batter and then everyone went up and got a hit. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they've had some absolutely incredible runs too. That, that's another team where – had we started the website more than a couple months, if we started the website a decade earlier, we would have co- covered them winning three or four <laughs> championships. Um, so we've seen them get to the semis. We have not seen them win a championship, but so many fun playoff memories with that Lakewood baseball team too. I would say, well, I just mentioned it, Wilson Girls Water Polo uh, 2018, also recency bias, but it's the first one in program history. We had just launched the 562.org. Uh, there were incredible stories up and down uh, that entire roster, um, you know, Grenison's family legacy, uh, the Krugers playing in memory of a mother. Like they, there was just so much going on with that team. And uh, they won a great, great game in front of a great crowd on a great day for water polo in Long Beach because the Polly girls also played in a championship game that day. So, yeah, I think that would probably be my top Wilson one would be that water polo run. I can't really think of any other say, ones. If you want to go even more recency bias, and I know this isn't a playoff run because this isn't a team sport, uh, track and field. The <laughs> Wilson boys track team winning that championship at Tribuco Hills. Uh, it was a weird circumstance, but it was, I mean, it was some really dominant performances, you know, and I'll remember, you know, PJ Jefferson just like, just running just like, a, a true legend, honestly. I mean, the, the his a performance, legendary how, performance, yeah, three hundred, yeah, four hundred meter sprint championships. The only way for the you know t- to put track in this list is pick a CIF championship year. Yeah, that's and fair. I think for Wilson, that's about as good as it's ever going to be on the boys' side. And then knowing that they you know beat out Polly and they were you know um, right up right up there near the top, they were number two in girls as well, and and it had a terrific day um, on the girls' side also. Yeah, definitely that's one that comes to mind for Wilson for sure. Cause I will remember that track performance because it was semi sort of normal at Tribuco <laughs> still kind of uh, working through the pandemic. And so it was nice to, to have right. track back and then that see long beach show out. And we've talked about it. That was our top moment of 2020, you know, and it's, I think that's, that's one that I'll, that'll stick with me for sure. I, th- I think we mentioned it off the air, but you you're right. That Wilson boys basketball team with a uh, current NFL pro bowler, Joel Batonio at center, and it current, was that whole year because the basketball team had a great run before losing to Kawhi Leonard, correct? You see Irvine coach and Tony Michael Snell Alder and yeah. Tony Snell. Yeah. And then, and yes. then, and then they, but then they like two months later, Wilder and Batonio go on a run into the semifinals with the boys volleyball team, <laughs> which is one of my favorite Wilson memories. That boys yeah. volleyball <laughs> team with Susan Peskar coaching was like absolutely one of the most fun teams that we ever got to cover. Yeah. That was one of the greatest atmospheres we were ever in in the in the wilson gym the loyola fans that came in were uh very loud and uh wilson yelled right back that was that yeah that was a great night that was also very early yeah you're right 
Um, yeah, it was, I think it was the first year. It was just, you and I have talked about this a lot, but like, it's funny how many things happened our first year that we thought were regular, including having a boys volleyball team in the division one semifinals, which is not something that we have even right. sniffed in the, the right. <laughs> ensuing 14 right. years. Have we forgotten uh, any of them? I, I, I can't no. really think of any that we forgot. Uh, for Wilson, uh, how about hey, that boy. football team? How about the semifinal win? Or the, you know, getting to the, that semifinal run for that Wilson football team. I it's, okay. Here's this is nothing against that team. Absolutely yeah. nothing against that team. However, I do feel like there's a difference when you go into the playoffs and you're covering a team, or you're rooting for a team, or you're on a team that feels like you should make the championship and then you don't. If they walked into that bracket and they were like, I don't know, we'll see, and then they make it to the semis, I'd feel differently about it. That team deserved to play for a championship. They were just on the wrong side of somebody else's much better story. That yeah, that right. Totally fair. Um, so let, let's talk St. Anthony before we get to Polly. I would say I've gotten to cover quite a lot of St. Anthony uh, basketball playoff wins over the years. The Kendall Cooper state championship run um, would be at the top of my list for St. Anthony because I got to see her post a triple double in the playoffs with 10 blocks, which is like the most outrageous thing I could imagine. <laughs> it's pretty about. crazy. Um, yeah she was just such a special player that team was so much fun uh with her and her sister and then you know i kind of miss the dumpy old acc for covering cif basketball championships it just it it sucked jj's rolling his eyes at me the so many things about it sucked but to me it feels like a championship venue because we covered teams winning championships there and long beach state going to the tournament there our last year at college um, it's just, yeah, I, that team to me was one of my favorites, but obviously Alan Cavanis's teams, uh, have been incredible, uh, at St. Anthony. I have a couple questions on that, Mike, at least because two. obviously, so obviously the ACC isn't the best sports venue, I, I, but though I do share positive memories there and I right. do like the idea of a neutral site. Clearly the pyramid is a better place to host postseason basketball than the ACC, but I think it loses the charm a little bit because it's such a regular building to us. Is that fair to say? If, that, if we yeah. were from somewhere else or if, you know, if, if the pyramid in a bizarro world was like the arena at like Cal State Fullerton or something, uh, we might feel like, oh, this is a quirky place. We love going to the pyramid. It's cool. Like, look yeah. at the ceiling. It's so crazy. But we grew up there. So it's like that doesn't hold the same weight. But I prefer games happening at the pyramid. But I agree with you. It feels like more of a spectacle when it's at ACC or like a place we don't go to that often. Is I that, is that, that I, how I you're think, thinking? I think the pyramid, I think the pyramids, but I'm thinking of the SoCal venues we've covered the ACC Robo bank arena in Ontario. I've covered a bunch of uh, like CIF state SoCal regional games. First of all, I believe, that's Ro- I believe that's Robo bank, but continue. I call it Robo bank. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's Italian, baby. Come no, on. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's RAB. I'm pretty sure it's RABO. Okay. RABO bank. Um, uh, Rabbit Colony, bank. Is it Colony high school or where, or where, there's like a big spot like near Azusa Pacific, the Azusa Pacific gym, um, Concordia's gym. Like we've covered championship games, but to me, the pyramid, it's the exact right size. It mm-hmm. feels like a big venue. I can ride my bike there. So I'm obviously personally biased towards it, but I no, I think that's, I think that's at the top of the list, man. Personally. Rim, I, no, I agree with you. But. Rim LA tightness Arena. alone, guys. Oh. Rim tightness alone. I can't believe we're talking about the freaking ACC right now. JJ hates the ACC rims more than rims I to Rims tighter than a snare drum. <laughs> hey, well, you know, 
I, I do remember that from our coverage. The only place you'll see a free throw bounce over the back of the backboard. You know what I mean? Not uncommon. <laughs> Not uncommon. <laughs> right. like, oh, I just shorted the free throw a little bit. Oh, it's in the third row behind the stanchion. <laughs> yeah, it landed in the tuba. Someone checked on the Zuzaphone. Um, I got to say, uh, since we're still on St. Anthony, uh, the 2016 um, football championship for uh, Mario Morales' group, I think that's – that's definitely a good one uh, for St. Anthony. We haven't had a lot of CIF champions in our tenure other than the Jackrabbits. So uh, for the Saints to go and get that done, um, that was definitely a very likable group. Um, and obviously we're happy for our guy, um, Mario, to get his championship. And, yeah. and that, was a ch- that was a championship long in the making for that, uh, for that school. It had been a, a long drought before getting that. And then obviously now last year. 1948 to uh, 2018? Shout out, long. shout out legend B.I. Mace. Uh, to be honest with you, we said it earlier, so I got to say for St. Anthony too, when they hosted their first round state game at Vets, that is the largest gathering of St. Anthony alumni in the history of St. Anthony alumni. <laughs> they, they lost that game on a bad call in the back of the end zone, but, uh, but it was a night for the Saints for sure. Okay, let's crack open uh, the <laughs> treasure chest here of Poly Champions. It's twenty. It's twenty twelve football, Mike. I know. I know. There's a bunch, and you're going to list them, and they're all amazing. But I'm just going to put. I'm just going to. I'll die on that hill. It's twenty twelve. I'll football. tell you what. As someone who was at every practicing game of that twenty twelve run, I don't know that I would. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I would agree with you that that's the most enjoyable playoff run. But what I would say is ludicrous, and I did count it uh, while we were doing this segment. Is we have covered. 26 CIF Southern Section Championships and 13 state championships uh, for Long Beach Poly. And what I would remind you about the 2012 team that you may or may not remember is that they lost their last game of the year in fairly excruciating fashion, uh, which does hang over the memories of that postseason a bit for me, um, because it is truly one of the all-time, are you bleeping kidding me results... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the number one covered. thing people don't understand about high school sports, if you're not in them, is that nobody cares about state. That team cared a lot about state. It they showed. Were, they they, were, took, they, they took, took. No, I, they well, just took I, it for I, granted. I, there were a lot of. Uh, they took it for granted. Like, they took it for grant. No, they took it for grant. Granted. I think is was the, maybe the problem, but uh, no, that but was not some, a team that that was not a yeah. team that did not care about state. I'm that, sorry. That, I'm sorry. Time out. Time out. If they had won that game, and we were telling that story right now, 2012 CIF playoff run, poly football, incredible. The first game we would have mentioned would not have been state. I would have called it the state championship season because oh, beating Modern Day at Anaheim like that—that's I've seen Polly beat Modern Day at Anaheim uh, two other times. They haven't won a state championship since 1919. You never never seen them beat Mission Viejo. On the road until that game. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying that those wins wouldn't have been more special in many ways. But what would have been different would have been them winning a, a state championship. And and my my point to your point is we have absolutely covered teams, the Millican boys soccer team, that could not possibly have cared less about that state bracket. That majority, was not the case. I'd say. I'd that, say was the not, that was not teams. the case with that poly football team. Well, that then, poly football team for them. badly wanted a state championship. Good for them. After they beat three teams that were better than the team they lost to in state, they're going to they worry lost. about the state game? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, they were worried about it, though. They wanted to win. You know, I mean, it's... They've got a ring. They've got a ring. You know, I'm not. What, who, what, are, what are you arguing against right now? <laughs> that the win, that, that the championship win in the southern section will always trump the win in California. 
Um, I agree with you that like, if you're asking me, I actually had this exact conversation with several poly football uh, coaches and fans after they, the team lost to Sarah this year in the state playoffs, the Southern section championship to me is always the number one thing that doesn't change the fact that, as I just said, we covered 27 CIF championships of poly in the last 14 years, they win two of them a year. Um, and they're not quite as uncommon there as they are at any other school in Southern California because they've won way more of them than any other school. State championships, they've also won way more state championships than other uh, schools. But when the poly basketball team, poly boys basketball team, the entire time we've covered them breaks on uh, one, two, three team, four, five, six family, uh, six, seven, eight state. Like they break on state every year. Like that is ultimately the goal. The, the track and field team, barely even notices when they win Southern section championships. <laughs> no, I would say, yeah, I would say there's some sports, I think basketball and track. Those are the sports where the state tournament is a real basketball, thing, especially track, his, especially history. track. How many yeah. rematches, well, how many, how many rematches do we cover every year in the state regional bracket? They're all rematches. It's the same bracket. You can go, you can, you can go talk to Carl Bugs and Shelton Diggs, but I will tell you absolutely 100,000% that the end goal of the poly basketball teams every year is to win the state championship. Yeah. They are not always, they are not always rematches. And I hesitate to bring up these, one of the games that the poly boys basketball team played that was not <laughs> Don't a Southern it. section school. Don't do it. However, uh, track is certainly uh, not a rematch <laughs> because there's a lot more uh, participants involved in the state meet and the NorCal teams in basketball can hoop. There, there is like quality programs up there. I think that's the problem that sometimes we kind of run into or the trap we fall into of thinking like, you know, certainly the ones that only do regionals, you know, like the soccers and water polo and baseball yeah. where it's not like a true state tournament, those lack luster for me. But like there's quality programs up north that, you know, sometimes there are like really competitive games. Uh, the poly girls basketball team tends to, make an example of the Northern California teams when they make it there, but they also have to make it there. And I think there are enough good programs that, that the games do mix around in the, in the state tournament a little bit. Plenty of times Polly has lost the CIF championship game in girls basketball and won state that year. So it's yeah. a, it, it's a, it's a good second opportunity, but I really do think it's mostly contained to those sports, but I do agree with Mike. A state championship would be meaningful for poly football just because it's something that hasn't happened there in so long and they haven't had the opportunity to do it. But I don't think losing that game takes away from the. I totally agree with that. Epic I mean, I that look, that's absolutely one of my favorite. I, I'm not disagreeing with JJ that that's one of the best things we've ever covered. I'm just, I, I just yeah. wouldn't necessarily put it above everything else. That's but, time, but time out. We, if we're also going to have a conversation about state, we don't need to continue talking about this. But for anybody else who's going to talk about it, you also have to consider the fact that the state playoffs have changed completely in just the time we've been working let alone the time that they've been playing uh, southern section football for example you got to win a lot more games you got to play teams from different areas the game moves like just state playoffs from the time that we started working to now looks completely different so you know in, in the way that you can try to compare professional athletes from era to era and then you always run into things like oh yeah but you know there was the Negro League in baseball, so these guys weren't black. Right. Like, there's always something, and I feel like well, that's right. also I, I something think... in the state thing that it. The Southern Section playoffs have been relatively consistent, other than playoff equity. Well, and that's why I, I, I do, I do, I do totally agree with you that, like, I make I 
to be perfectly clear, the Southern Section Division One football championship means more than a state championship. I'm not. I'm absolutely not saying that it doesn't mean more than a state championship. Loop it. <laughs> who, I, who said more negative things about state playoffs on this podcast than me? But what's different with football versus uh, basketball and wrestling and track is that basketball and wrestling and track, there's a century long history of that tournament that does not exist with football. Um, you know, the crowds like I, 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 the easy way to look at it for me is crowds. There's way more people at the state finals for track and for wrestling than there are at a Southern section meet for football. There's never more people at the state championship than there are at the Southern section final. Yeah. Right. So like ultimately people and emotion decide the answer to those questions. And so I think you can point to those. I'm just going to highlight a couple of other poly ones. I personally, I'll be honest with you. That 2012 poly football championship was incredible. The poly football championship this year was such a total blast with that team, but I couldn't, I, I can't not put the poly girls basketball team on there. Like that's probably a number one, most fun team to travel with. Um, best coach that we've covered in my opinion, and Carl Bugs. I second that um, motion. And getting, just getting to watch him work up close uh, and see the attention to detail, the combination of X's and O's and emotional motivation, both at an A-plus level. Um, I mean, we're seeing it right now, you know, with Nala Williams. Like, he's he is a Bill Belichick-type guy. He's taken every type of roster. He's taken a roster with multiple All-Americans to a championship. Last year, he took a roster with no bench to a championship. And right now they've got Nala Williams. He's like, Oh, we need to come up with something where this girl's going to score 30 points a game. Okay. We'll figure that out too. So, you know, but they're just, they're so fun. It's such a family atmosphere. Every time they travel, um, the bugs grandbabies are running around all over the place. You know, I, so <laughs> they're up there. Um, I'm going to say one championship that most people will not remember that is right up there for me with the most crazy and special championships I've ever covered was the poly girls track team that won a state championship with only three girls scoring. Um, and it was literally Melissa Tanaka dragging herself into eighth place from ninth place in the 800 meter that gave them the one point that moved them from 30 points to 31 points that beat Tara Davis, who's now an Olympian, who had scored 30 points as an individual for Agoura Hills. Uh, that was like unreal. And that was seeing a, one of those blue blood programs huh? scored that many points as a, what as a, uh, <laughs> as a team, she she scored 30 points as a team, nice. Um, <laughs> nice. but see, that was seeing a blue blood program in the poly girls track team that was used to showing up to state with like 20 girls show up with three girls and figure it out. Um, and I, I was so proud of Crystal Irving, uh, their head coach after, you know, all the stuff that she had been through. Um, it was incredible to see them coach that team to a state championship. Uh, and that is, that is uh, that's, that's right. That's right up towards the top of the list for me, to be honest with you, quiet one that most people wouldn't think of, but a true kind of a heroic performance from a couple kids and coaches there. Well, and I, I want to give you a, uh a different one for track. Um, I'll go to 20, um, 2011 when the poly girls scored 72 points approaching their own record in team scoring. And the boys also won the state championship um, and having both of those teams as co-state champions delivering a what up long beach that I think is still reverberating through cow country in <laughs> central California, even this 11 years later, that was a definite moment that I will remember. I think it was, Oh, was it like raining too that, 
that day it was raining and then it stopped the raining yeah. in time for the fireworks yeah it, I mean, it was that was crazy just to see the same program just go win the double championship, and that one up Long Beach was pretty great. So that deserves only, a shout for only, sure. They're the only program that's ever won the double championship. And I, I'll throw in, I, I don't think it was, it wasn't a particularly deep playoff run, but that poly soccer team, that the poly girls soccer team that went to Huntington Beach and won on PKs after a scoreless game and having the referee call all of those uh, fouls against the Huntington Beach. Uh, goalkeeper for coming off of her line that, that is just a such a memorable game that was a, that was a riot on the field after that game yeah those, were, those so, refs had to be escorted out by the ad at huntington beach that was a different kind of a <laughs> right karen, yeah karen's were born that day for sure <laughs> if we're talking girls soccer you got to talk about the uh what was that mike 2012 2013 uh wilson girls soccer going on the road to sunny hills in the fifth minute sunny hills defender pulls the ponytail of one Renee Mendiola, who does what I can only describe as a swinging backhand to this girl's face. Referee sees the second one, because they always see the second one. Mendiola gets booted, so Wilson has to play with 10 players on the road in the semifinals. The whole game. This is the fifth minute. And they won. Mm -hmm. Shout out Matty Grief, dude. That was that that's one of my (laughs) all-time favorite games, let alone moments. Also, don't get ba- don't get bapped. There's some advice don't get uh, if you're playing a Long Beach team in the playoffs. Don't what, get bapped. We could literally do this for hours, bro. We could, we could sit here and just keep going more and more and more Easily. and more yeah, about shout, these shout Long Beach playoff the- moments. And I guess that's why we love working in this city because it just keeps giving us these marquee moments, and it just doesn't know when to stop. Yeah, shout out, uh, shout out, and condolences to sports writers in other cities that don't get to talk about this many championships. <laughs> You're doing the good work. Oh. Somebody's got to be on the other end of it. I'm sorry, but we do, we do win a lot and we love it. And uh, congratulations to the athletes and coaches for giving us all this stuff to talk about. We do it here for a reason, guys. Yep. This is why we do it in Long Beach because there's so many talented teams that need attention and love. And that's what we do. No doubt. No doubt. Obviously there are a bunch that we didn't mention. So please get involved, interact with the show on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you give us a five-star review, leave a comment, get the conversation going. Tell us what you want to hear on the show. We're, we're here. We like doing this. So we'll pretty much do anything. If you guys want more interviews or just more us sitting around talking about the good old days, we can do that too. So thank you to the Long Beach Post for helping us put this podcast out. Everybody at 562.org for helping us put the content out. Make sure you guys find it, share it, subscribe to it. It's Long Beach Sports. There's nothing better. We'll see you soon. Take care. Peace. Peace.